That's the good stuff there, boys. Welcome back. It's the Detroiter. We're covering sports in the Motor City in the Mitten State. Mutton chops for the Mitten State. Welcome back, y'all. It's a, it's a dandy to be here. Cotton candy skies. And the dandelions are humming like a mockingbird on a pecker tree. I don't know. I, I don't. I've had a cup and a half of coffee, so I don't know. Um, that's really all I have to say about what the accent was for. Welcome back, though. It's good to have everybody here. Hopefully your weekend was good. Hopefully you're having a nice day today. Hopefully things are well. You're striving, you're grooving, you're pumping, this and that. You won your Super Bowl bets. Um, hopefully State won on Sunday against Ohio State. Hopefully the Red Wings won again. Hopefully you're happy. Hopefully your girlfriend kissed you. Hopefully your mom baked you your favorite dinner. Hopefully things are well in life. I'm going to be honest with you right now. I'm recording this early. I don't usually do this. A lot of people do the whole, all right, let's record the episode and then we put it out next week. I'm more of a let's record the episode and then I'll put it out tomorrow kind of guy. That's just how I work. And listen, it's not because I'm lazy. <laughs> it's, it's not because I failed to plan ahead. It's not because I don't want to do the work a week in advance. No, 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 no. It could never be any of that. It's because I want you to get the real reactions. I want to come on here 20 hours after MSU plays. I want to come on here after the Red Wing game, the final horn sounded. That's what I want it to be. I'm not going to be able to do that this week. I'm recording these in advance. Today is February 10th. The moment you're hearing my voice, it is February 10th in the world I'm in, this reality of mine. This one will come out February 15th. February 14, Valentine's Day, maybe one of those days. Um, so I don't know what happens in the Super Bowl. I don't know what happens in the Michigan State-Ohio State game. Uh, Michigan Michigan State playing hockey tonight as well. I don't know what happens in that game either. I don't know anything that you know. Think about that for a second. You thought Interstellar was sweet? Try The Detroiter by Nick Bradley. Chris Nolan, I'll teach you a thing or two, buddy. This reality, I don't know a thing that you know. Now, I'll tell you why I'm doing it this way. Oh, shit. I'll tell you why I'm doing it this way when I never do. Um, I got a friend coming in town in about four hours. Going to go pick him up from the airport. They're going to be here until Wednesday of the week that you're hearing this. So maybe they're already gone by the time you heard it. But what that means is this weekend, which most weekends, if we're being totally transparent, I'm not going to get shit done. There will be no productivity. There will no. There will be no recording there will be no new episode made this weekend. And what that also means is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, next week while they're here, there also will be nothing done. There will be no productivity. I'll be happy to go to the gym and that's it. It's just going to be hanging out, having a good time, taking them to see the sites and that good stuff. No podcast. I'm not going to make them go anywhere. It's a short trip. They're only here for a few days. It's three days of a work week that I can miss. I can do without. So I don't want to skip the pod. Like, I don't want to leave you with a week. It's not even Christmas. It's not the 4th of July. It's not even my fucking birthday. I don't want to leave you a week without any content, without any episodes. So I'm going to record a couple in advance, and uh, we'll put them out next week, and hopefully you enjoy them. Hopefully they get you to work. Hopefully they get you through the work day, whatever the case is, however you're listening. Hopefully these episodes do the job you need them to do. Um, so in the spirit of that, since I am not going to be reacting live to any of these football games, any of the basketball games and nothing like that, we're just going to talk about uh, like the general state of a couple of these teams. Now, I'm going to record two of these. I'm going to record two episodes of the Detroiter for next week. So that's 
two separate kind of states of teams. I'm going to do today. We're going to talk the Red Wings. I mentioned this on, I believe, Wednesday's episode last week. We're going to talk the Red Wings and just what's up exactly? What's going on with the Red Wings? Like where, where exactly is this thing fucking going? Where exactly are we? So we're going to talk Red Wings. And then the other episode this week, we'll talk the Lions, which will be a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more positive. We'll talk about kind of the season in review um, a little bit going forward. And, you know, like I haven't done a formal Lions year in review, right? I haven't done a formal only Lions episode, but I've talked about them a few times. Like I've talked about how this season went. I've talked about the expectations for next year a few times. Um, I just can't get enough though. I can't get enough. Hutch comes in runner up last week for rookie of the year voting. I can't get enough. And how could you get enough? Right? So we'll talk about the cats. We'll do a little bit more in depth and we'll just keep it in all MSU episodes. So it should be pretty good. And on top of that, I'm planning to, we'll see if I get this done. I'm planning to record like two more, uh, just have fun club videos, just two more random shit, two more. We're going to talk about, I don't even know two more, whatever, two more. Why do my white socks not get clean when I put them in the wash? You know what I mean? Like what? Explain that one to me. Two more of how about a bonfire that doesn't make your clothes smell? We just get a vape coil, a jewel coil, and everybody gets warmed up by one of those. I don't know. Strawberry cream. I wouldn't hate going to the bar smelling like that. This bonfire, my sheet smell, my couch smell, this shirt smell, everything smells with the bonfire. How about a vape coil? And we just huddle around that for a couple hours at nighttime. Just whatever really comes to mind. It could be anything. It could be everything. I'll put a couple of those out this week as well. So we'll keep you fed, right? We'll keep the content coming. Just because I'm gallivanting around having the time of my life doesn't mean that you won't get any, uh, any videos. I refuse to allow that to happen. So we won't allow that to happen. All right. So let's get into it. I'm just looking up one thing. When did Steve, when did Steve come back to Detroit? When did he, April, April, 2019. Okay. 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 Um, I know in last week's video, for whatever reason, I said 2017, dude, I swear to God, it was 2017. No. I swear Steve came back. I swear it was April 2017. I don't know why. I swear to God. That makes the tone of this video a little bit different or this podcast. Because um, I thought we were going on year six. I did. And we're only going on year four, which I don't know how much better that is. Obviously, it's a little bit better. You get a little bit more time. There's a little bit more patience to be allowed. Um, but year six would have been a problem. What I want to talk about, I want to talk about the Red Wings. No shit. And I want to talk about where they're at. Um, I want to talk about when this thing's going to get going. Uh, similar to kind of what I mentioned on Friday's episode with the Pistons and the Wiseman trade and Troy Weaver. Like we, I've been told so much about how great Steve Eiserman is. And I, here's the thing too, like, I don't want to come on here and I, I feel like I say this a lot, but I don't know who's here for the first time. I don't know who is listening and is like, this guy thinks he knows it all. I reiterate this a lot. So for the people who listen every week, I'm sure you're probably sick of me saying this shit, but I don't want it to seem like 
I'm some NHL fucking expert. Like I'm some analytical, I could be in a front office. I know how the, uh, who should get money, who shouldn't. I know how to make deals. Like I don't want to come off like I'm some hockey savant. I don't, I really don't. And I'm not, but I watch the Red Wings a good deal. I would say, I think I have a pretty good eye for who's a good player. Who's a bad player. Who's an okay player. Um, I think I have a pretty good eye for that's a good team. That's a bad team. That's an okay team. Right. And I think I have a pretty good eye for improvement. Yes. You look at the Red Wings this year, 2022, 2023, this team is better than the previous three years of Steve Eiserman's reign. This is the best team that he's put on the ice. There's no question about it. Just from the standpoint of talent standpoint of how they play, Take the points, take the record, take the numbers aside. You watch these guys play a hockey game. This is the best team Steve Eiserman has put together. But then it, you look at the standings because as much as it's fun to go and say, hey, they're so much better, they're improving. The young guys are coming along. Jake Wallman was an incredible move. Like, Vili Huso's been great. As much as it's fun to look at the team on the ice and talk about how much as it's, it's improved and how great these moves Steve has made are, the record exists. You know what I mean? Um, the playoffs, you don't get into those by how'd the team look compared to 2015. That that doesn't do it, really. That's not how you get a chance to fight for the Stanley Cup. No, no, no. They do look at the points at the end of the day, and the points are determined by wins, losses, and overtime losses. Um, so when you're a hockey team, as great as you may be, as incredible as the offseason moves may have been, when you're a hockey team that has a lot of losses, uh, you, it's really hard to make the playoffs. And more times than not, you actually won't make the playoffs. So as much as you're improving and as as great as the roster's gotten under the new GM or the new coach or whatever it is, if you're still just missing the playoffs, if you're still not achieving anything new, you're still not converting this new talent and improved roster into wins which then turn into points, which then turn into you maybe getting into the playoffs, which then turn into you maybe winning a series, which then turns into you one day maybe hopefully winning a Stanley Cup. At some point, we do have to look at the numbers. We do have to look at what actually happens. We do have to look at the results because it's professional sports. It's professional hockey. It's great that we've got a sweet farm system, dude. It's great that Jonathan Bergeron or Jonathan Bergeron has come up and he's kind of been a revelation. I think we all expected him to be pretty good at some point in his Red Wings career, but I think he's better and has contributed more early on than a lot of people anticipated. It's great that Mo Sider is going to be a good player for a long time. It's great that Lucas Raymond, same deal. It's great that Edvinson and Wallinder and Soderblom are hanging out in Grand Rapids or in Sweden or wherever, and they're tearing it up, and they look like they're going to come to Detroit someday and do great things and help us win a Stanley Cup. It's great that we have all of that. It really is. And thank God that we do. I'm drinking coffee, by the way. Sorry for the pause. And thank God that we do. But what's better than all of that would be winning at some point. What's better than all of that would be actual statistical improvement. I don't need you to win a playoff series. I said it at the beginning of the goddamn season. I don't even need you to make the playoffs. I would just like to be hanging around in the month of March. Like that would be a statistical, numerical, results-based improvement that I'd be fucking elated with. 
I'd be singing from the treetops in sunny California. Nobody knows what ice even looks like around here, and I'd be waving the winged wheel on the 405. Let's go, Red Wings. They'd be looking at the standings going, these guys are in fourth place. What's he t- They're not even going to make the playoffs. Let's go. We're back, baby. I'd be doing jumping jacks if we just hung around in March. That's all I want. It's fucking awesome that we've got help on the way. It's really cool that Steve Eiserman, give him his flowers, credit where credit's due. He's done a good job as a general manager, I think, in the trading game, but certainly as far as drafting goes, Moritz Sider, Lucas Raymond, Simon Edvinson, Sebastian Cosa, all of those guys. Marco Casper, I think, still a little early to kind of determine one way or another. But all those other guys, it looks like he hit on them. It looks like they're progressing. And it looks like they're going to carry out a player arc where they become, at the very least, productive NHL players and hopefully something more than that. And I know that they're young. And I know that they need experience. And I know... You know, Mo Sider was Steve Eisenman's first draft pick in Detroit. And I know that Mo Sider's still crazy young. What is he, 21 or 22 or something? I know that. I know that these guys, it's not like we're talking about Eisenman's draft picks who have matured into veterans who've been in the league for six, seven years and should have the ropes by now and should know what it takes to win. I understand where we're, we're like where we're at, where a lot of these core players are at, where the high-end talent is in their careers as far as the Red Wings young players go. But I I don't know, like at some point there needs to actually be a progression in the results. That's kind of how I feel. And I don't want this to be misconstrued. And like I said, at the top, it's a little different. For some reason, I was thinking April, 2017, Steve took over 2019 is a little different, but I, I know it's a little misconstrued or I don't, I mean, rather, sorry, I don't want it to be misconstrued that I'm sitting here going, we got to start asking questions about Steve Eiserman. Maybe we should start shopping around. When, when does the panic button, where the hot seat, when's that come along? I don't want to sit here and act like that's how I'm feeling or what I'm thinking, but, but I am starting. I am starting to be like, all right, like we, we have to win again at some point. It can't just be, hang on, hang on, hold on, wait for the young guy. Hang on a second. Let these guys progress. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold your horses. Let Steve get his guys in there. Hang on a second. It's only been five years. Like, at some point, we do need to start winning. Because your success is not measured by how many sweet rookies you have. It's not measured by how great everybody's doing in Grand Rapids. At some point, your success needs to be measured by how many games does your NHL club win. Do they make the playoffs? Do they win playoff series? Like, that's what's fucking crazy about all of this. I'm not even sitting here talking. We're about to be in year four or the fourth full year of Steve Eiserman's tenure here. We're not even talking about, all right, are we getting close to being ready to win a playoff series? I'm not even talking about making the playoffs at all. It's about to be the fourth full year of Steve Eiserman's tenure in Detroit. And I'm sitting here talking about, okay, are we going to be ready to maybe make the playoffs? Are we going to be in a spot to maybe hang around and keep it close and miss the playoffs by four points? Are we going to be in a spot in year five, year five season, are we going to be in a spot where at the end of the season we're like, oh, shoot, 
well, it was a good year. We only missed the playoffs by six points. Are we even going to be there? I'm not talking about winning playoff series or lifting a Stanley Cup. Are we going to be close? That's like one of these seasons soon here. I don't, I don't really know. And every year that goes by and we don't get any closer statistically, like as much as improved this year's team is, we're in the same fucking spot. We're a bottom five team in the league, bottom 16. We're not a good team in the NHL. We have very few points compared to most teams. I understand we're in a great division. I don't fucking care. I don't care. Figure it out. Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, they're in a great division. Figure it the fuck out and win games. We're again, we're again. It's much improved. We got Andrew Cobb, Jake Wallman, Ben Sherratt, Billy Huso. The rookies are a year older. All these guys. We're in the same fucking spot as far as points go. We're not even sniffing. Nobody cares about the Red Wings. We're not on anybody's radar. There's not a single coach at home right now going, God damn, I hope we don't have to see the Detroit Red Wings at some point. Nobody. They're inviting the Red Wings into their building. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, boys. We get to go to Detroit. We needed to get off the schneid. Let's go get two points tonight. When? When does that end? When do we quit being the doormat? That's what I'm talking about. And that's what gets me frustrated. That's what that's what makes me say things that may seem like I'm going, what the fuck, Steve Eiserman? Which I'm not. I'm great at patience. I think I'm a very patient person. But that's what gets me going is it's, we're not talking about the playoffs. I'm talking about when are we done being the doormat? It's about to be the fourth full year. We've got some of Steve Eiserman's guys. We've got Lucas Raymond. We have more at Cider. Bergren's on the team. Soderblom's played a bit. Valeno's been in the lineup. Zadina just came back and he scored, which was sick to see. Fucking hats off, Phil Zadina. Love to see that for that guy. I mean, despite the injury, just a dude who was supposed to be a goal scorer coming out and has really struggled his whole career. And then the long-term injury, good to see him score one at home. But it's like, we've got some of these guys now. Larkin's in his prime. Bertuzzi, he's a good player. Fuck, he can't stay on the ice for the life of him. We made that deal for Verona, and he's had his problems. But, like, we've got these things going for us, or so it seems. And then you look at the standings, and we're still the fucking doormat. We still live in the basement. Jonathan Bergeron, oh my goodness, what a revelation he's been. What a season he's having. We're in the fucking basement still. Like, it has to turn around at some point, right? It has to. Like, if you're going to keep feeding me how great he is and all these moves, we flee St. Louis, this, that, the other thing. What a signing. He's going to get Larkin on a bargain. At some point, that means all these genius moves, all these suave savant plays by Steve Eiserman. At some point, that means we win games, right? At some point, that means we're not one of the worst five teams in the league, right? At some point, that means March comes around. We're not talking about Connor Bedard and the lottery. We're talking about what we need to do to make the playoffs, right? At some point, that has to mean that. I don't know. Quick break. We'll be right back. I guess the moral of all of this is is like just the impatience is starting to grow. I would say like the Red Wings have been bad for a long fucking time. They've been irrelevant as a hockey team. We're talking results since I was a freshman in college. I started September 2015 at Michigan State. They have been irrelevant, irrelevant 
since the day I stepped foot there. Irrelevant. Okay. I know Steve Eiserman hasn't been, you know, he wasn't the mastermind behind the crash and burn. I know he hasn't been here for the entirety of the rebuild. I get it. Like we said, this is about to be his fourth full year. But you, you take into account the previous four and then the four that he's had. And I'll be honest, it's probably not fair, but it's true. It's a reality for me, like the incompetence of the Pistons and the incompetence of the Tigers, those rebuilds just going so horribly. And they're all similar. The Pistons, that shit started in 2010, but the Tigers started right around 2015 as well. Similar time frames, and they just crash and burn. And here we are in 2023, and the Tigers are about to be the worst team in baseball again. They did nothing in the offseason. And it's almost, we got Spencer Torkelson, we got Riley Green, we got Jackson Joe, we got Casey Mize, we've got all these guys. And it feels like this rebuild for the Tigers is about to start again, again. It's about to start for the Tigers. I don't get that. So I'll be honest with you. Although it's got nothing to do with the Red Wings, although Steve Eiserman is 0% affiliated with the Pistons or the Tigers, their failures and their just complete incompetence probably has influenced the way that I feel about what's happening with the Red Wings. Probably has seeped into my judgment and to my ability to be patient and to my ability to look at it and go, hey, you know what? Even though the results aren't coming, this thing is still going pretty well. Because is it? Because the Tigers, I know I heard, oh my God, look at this core the Tigers are putting together. We got the pitching staff. Now we got Spencer Torkelson. The day he got drafted, he could hit cleanup for this team. Oh my God, Riley Green, this guy's electric. Look at this for the Tigers. Look at this. We're bringing in Chris Illich. You got A.J. Hinch. He's going to want to spend some money. Look at this for the Tigers. Nothing. Fucking nothing. Pistons have been that way for ages. And I'll be honest, I think it's probably starting to affect just my outlook on the Red Wings. It's just starting to sprinkle like a little bit of impatience because we've heard about it. I know the Tigers suck. I know the Pistons are bad. But the Red, like the Red Wings, it's coming along for the Red Wings. Steve Eiserman's making it happen. They're on the right track. Detroit's going to be a force pretty soon here. How many times have you heard that? whether it's from stations or media outlets in the city, whether it's from national NHL outlets. I like spitting chiclets. I don't listen to it religiously, but I'll listen to those fellas here and there. And at the start of the season, when I was pretty juiced up about the wings, I'd tune in and Ryan Whitney, always Ryan Whitney was going, look out for the Red Wings. Like they would talk about their kind of dark horse teams. Like, who do you think might make a little bit of noise? Who do you think might be better than people expect? Who do you think might sneak into the playoffs and cause some teams some problems? Ryan Whitney, always. I thought, I like Detroit this year. I think Detroit's going to be pretty good. Always with it. You hear it around the league or you heard it around the league. These young guys, they're going to get a year older. Larkin's kind of coming into form. You hear it or you did. And then nothing. And then poof. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. And then you juxtapose all of that. You juxtapose the rebuild, the length that it's gone on for, the things that are said about like how well it's going. They'll be the next team in Detroit to win a championship for sure. It's coming along. The rebuild's on track. You hear all of this, like everybody gassing it up. And then you see the results and you're going, wait, but we haven't fucking moved in the standings since 2015. What? That doesn't make sense can't be going that well can it and then you juxtapose it against the captain 
Dylan Larkin, far and away, far and away, the best player on the hockey team. His contract's up. Apparently, he wants to stay in Detroit. Apparently, he wants to get paid, which rightfully so. You're a pro athlete. Go be rich. I fucking would do the exact same thing. But apparently, he, you know, his heart's here. Apparently, he doesn't want to fleece the Red Wings. He wants to win in Detroit. He wants to leave some cash for others. He wants to pull the Nathan McKinnon. Apparently, word on the street. And you've got people who want to let him walk. You've got people who want to try and trade him for a pick. You've got people who aren't dead set on keeping him in the winged wheel. And we've talked about this a couple times, so I won't harp on it too much. I understand. Like, if he's asking for outrageous money, don't give it to him. We talked about it last week. Like, there's 40 or 45 point-of-game players in the league, and like 35 of them make 9 mil or more, and he's never been a point-of-game player. So you can't give him 9 mil, or at least it makes no sense to. I hear you. But 8.5, do it. Do it. Give him the fucking cash. Eight and a half, do it. Because that's where we're at right now. Even if it is the right move, even if 10 years from now we had a crystal ball and we could look back and go, oh, shit, don't pay Dylan Larkin that much. Let him go. Or trade him for some picks. It'll work out better for you. Even if that is the case, we're in a point, we're in a position where you, like, he is clearly the best player on the team. All the captaincy, the hometown kid, all that shit aside, he's clearly the best player on the team. Eight and a half isn't a crazy amount of money. I do think he is very productive. I do think besides his productivity, defensively, he's awesome. I do think he's one of like the two fucking guys on the entire team that brings any sense of toughness or edge to Detroit. Honest to God. He's a captain. He's our best offensive player. He's our best forward. He's him... Bertuzzi, Mo Sider a little bit. They're the only fucking guys on the team that ever refuse to take shit off people, that ever want to stand up for themselves or their teammates. And you want to let him go for a pick that hopefully joins the Red Wings three years from now and hopefully is good enough to play and make an impact then. But if not, we'll have to wait another two years for him to mature and grow into his body and this, that, the other thing. We're already at the point where, Steve, we're wrapping up year four and you've got nothing to show for it. Nothing. All you've got to show for it are pretty good draft picks that have led to losses. That's it. That's all you have to show for it. If you want to let go of Larkin, and even if you get the first, well, Bedard would be different, but you're not going to get Bedard. But even if you get a top 10 pick for him, you're hoping that guy becomes Dylan Larkin. And in the process, you're just burning more time waiting for him to develop, waiting for him to mature, and waiting for him to get NHL ready in the hopes that at the very least, at the very least, he becomes Dylan Larkin. And mind you, Dylan Larkin is a very good fucking hockey player. So there's a good chance he doesn't become Dylan Larkin, in which case it becomes a miserable failure. Odds are, at its highest success, like this thing reaches its max potential, he becomes Dylan Larkin, and you just pushed it off another three years. Because, And then the other thing is, in that next three years, Lucas Raymond wants money, Moritz Sider wants money, Joe Valeno wants to get paid, Jonathan Bergeron wants to get paid, Simon Edmondson wants to get paid. It's a fucking cycle. This is how sports work. This is how roster management goes. So I don't understand the idea of letting him walk. And I think Steve Eiserman, he probably senses it. Like, Steve Eiserman knows he has cushion in Detroit. He knows he's got some leeway and good grace with us. But he's not an idiot. 
he's not an idiot. He lets Larkin go. That rebuild, turn back the fucking clock, baby. Larkin's gone. You thought next year would be fun? Fucking temper those expectations. We're going to be really fucking bad again. We're going to be worse somehow. Fucking ease your horses there, pal. You thought next year we might might sneak into a playoff spot? We're 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 going to be gunning for a top five pick if we let Larkin go. Steve Eisenman knows if that happens and we're dog shit for another one or two or maybe three years, and now I'm sitting here making this same exact podcast talking about it's year seven of Steve Eisenman. We still have never been better than a bottom 10 team in the league. And we're talking about how great he is and what an unbelievable GM and how he's the best roster manager in hockey. At what point are we just telling ourselves sweet little lies to go to sleep at night? And at what point are we telling the truth? He understands that. He understands that. You can only go so long talking about how great he's been in the draft. Oh, what a trade. Oh, my goodness. He he got a bargain for this player. You can only go so long giving him flowers for all of that and then turn it around and going, damn, dude, you guys were fifth in the Atlantic this year? You can only do that for so long before you go, all right, so if he's so good at all these different things, why do we have one of the worst teams in the NHL every year? It's been seven years now. Yeah, that Larkin deal. We all loved it at the time. It's been seven years now, and we still haven't sniffed a playoff spot. Is he that great? Is that are we sure that it's that great? That's the that's the territory we're approaching. And Dylan Larkin, like contract aside, money aside, bargain aside, Dylan Larkin's production aside, we're getting to a point where the Dylan Larkin deal. And him being a Red Wing is much bigger than just that. It's starting to become about Steve Eiserman and his tenure and when the wins start showing up in his era. Like, patience wears thin. You keep losing for another season or two, it will. I, I know he's Steve Eiserman. I know what he did in Tampa. You keep fucking losing. You live in the cellar for a couple more years. It's going to wear thin. And Dylan Larkin ain't helping that. I promise you, letting him go ain't going to get you out. I promise you. Because nobody who wants a Dylan Larkin is giving you the Bo Horvat back. You're not getting a ready, prime, 27-year-old first-line center back for Dylan Larkin. You're going to get a pick. You're going to get a guy who needs three years before he does anything. I don't know. I, 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 I'm I just so tired of the wings being nothing. I really, like, I, I don't know. I just want to win. Just want some steaks. I want to see him in the playoffs. Fucking cold coffee is so bad, dude. Oh my god, dude. This coffee. Ugh. I don't know how people microwave their coffee either. That shit is disgusting. All right, folks. That's all I got today. I appreciate you listening. Hope you have a wonderful week. Um, we'll catch you uh, again this week talking about the Lions.